Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Ferraro's not on the show anymore, but he's still helping you. Ferraro20 is the code to use at two under. The number two, UNDR, the best men's underwear out there. A lot of NHL players are running two under, and uh, R.A. Dickey from the Jays. Just some of the dudes. Check them out, twounder.com, the number two, UNDR. Ferraro20 is the code. And Righty Board, the uh, is hockey's first restickable portable hockey whiteboard that goes wherever you do, whether it's needed one end of the rink or one end of the country. The power play board sticks to any surface your team needs it. Vivid graphics and white background on the font, removable, long-lasting, air-free, adhesive on the back. Rightyboards.com. Use the code PULP. Save yourself 15%. Patented foam technology from those folks, and we thank them uh, for coming on the show and helping them out. And uh, please check them out. Uh, with me on the uh, on the phone here, former NHLer, played for my Toronto Maple Leafs for a long time, and uh, now working for Sportsnet, covering mostly junior hockey. Todd Warner, what's up, Todd? How are you? I'm good, Steve. Thanks for having me. So before we go here, Righty board and two under. What, uh, this is new. Yeah. I want to hear more about this stuff. I got to get a couple. Yeah. Couple well, let, look. The, the the bonus for you doing this is I I'll get you this. Um, oh, oh, will you get it? Appreciate uh, that. If you're uh, but if you're not coaching, I don't know if the righty board will work. But hey, maybe you can stick it up. And if you got kids, you can break use a breakout play. Show him a breakout I, play. I, I coach my I coach my little guy's ten year old team, so it'd be oh, perfect. Well, then I'll get you. And some. everybody like everybody likes good underwear, right? Yeah. No, fantastic. That's part of the part of the perks of doing this show. Thanks to McElwain, too, Dave McElwain, by the way, for hooking this up. I guess uh, you guys played together, and uh, he said, "Hey, I think Warner will want to do it." So thanks to thanks to Dave. He's uh, yeah, Dave's a good friend. He uh, you know he and I played in Germany together. We did, we weren't Leafs together. He played with the Leafs before I came. Oh, okay, and, all right. And so we played in uh, we played in Germany together for a couple of years. He was my captain, so he's been a friend ever since. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, he. Um, Good guy, and uh, obviously traded four times in a year. I had to talk to him all about that. <laughs> and I think so. Yeah. Dave, Dave was uh, Dave was really funny. Um, you're doing Sportsnet, uh, doing junior hockey. How do you like it? Well, first of all, how did you get into the? How did you? I know I saw you worked for Windsor Spitfire, your old uh, junior club. Um, and yeah. so, just did you retire from the game and be like, hey, I need something to do. I like media work. I like TV work. Or how did that come about? You know, I, I had no. Plans to be in the media quite at all, really. When I when I retired, I was uh, when I when I retired from Germany. I, I finished in 2010. I, I I went right into teaching. I was okay. I had a little facility in my in uh, Chatham, Ontario, where it was on plastic ice on the synthetic ice, and I had a 85 by 40 foot rink. Oh wow! And we could cover that rink with uh, with turf, and we played indoor soccer and lacrosse. We had kids leagues, and we did. Um, adult leagues as well but we had we did lessons and camps and we okay. had an incline incline skate ramp on the same lines as the skating treadmill and so i was teaching right away like i literally retired in in march and by june we did camps and so i got right into coaching and and uh really enjoyed it and and uh so i i really had no plan i wasn't much of an interview quite honestly i was one of those guys you know i tow the party line and, right. and keep it simple and generic and that was me and uh so i didn't really get into it i did do 
that first year home, I did. I was invited to do one of these broadcast uh, seminars, and my sister happened to be home at the time we took broadcasting in university, and she said, you should do that, you know, mm-hmm. like, you should be good looking at that. I'm like, no, I'm a terrible interview. So a couple of my friends that I played with were going to, it was through the NHLPA, and so I went, and, and it was really neat. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and so then the next year, um, I did Battle of the Blades. And I, mm-hmm. well, doing Battle of the Blades, one of my local um, radio guys would interview me every week and we'd follow up about the week's program. And it was just sort of a, a fun thing just to chime in. And he got interviewed for the Windsor Spitfire coaching or um, broadcasting job, play okay. by play. Mm-hmm. So that's how it all happened. So then the guys at Kojiko said to this, this guy, his name's Chris McLeod. He's a local radio personality. And they said, Chris, who do you want to work with? And he'd been on the radio with me every week for about three months. And they said, well, do you know Todd? And, and, and I've not talking to, and spoken to anybody at uh, Kojiko at that point. So uh-huh. that's how it started. So Chris and I, you know, we, we went, um, we talked a little bit through the summer and just, you know, banding things around about the team. And I talked to Warren Reichel and Bob Bootner, who I knew. And, mm-hmm. and then we started that first fall and I guess it was 2012. Yeah. They own the Spitfire. They, they they the, yeah. They own the Spitfires for people who are wondering. Right. Right. So they're, the, yeah, they're the owner and, and coach and mm-hmm. owner coach. So this year, and then, so that's how it started. And that's really how it all came about. Um, you know, I had some, you know, guys like Kiprios and guys like uh, Glenn Healy and Mike Johnson, who were my teammates and friends that I mm-hmm. played with in Toronto, were were involved. And and when um, you know they signed the 12-year deal with the National Hockey League, they they wanted to do junior hockey, and and mm-hmm. well, I was been doing games. So that's how it all happened. It's a little bit of a long story, sorry, but yeah, no, um, no, yeah. But I got I really have Chris McLeod, the, my, the, yeah. my friend who's on a local radio personality and my play-by-play partner, uh, thank yeah. for. Uh, for getting my name out there, and then that transferred into the Rogers gig. Yeah, I'm sure he lets you know that all the time, right? Yeah, he does. He likes to remind me. You're right. Right. You're the reason why you're you're on TV, Warner. Uh, that, that's funny. Um, before we uh, get too far into your career and talk a little bit about the NHL and everything else. Um, a little bit of junior hockey talk. So I'm from Winnipeg. Uh, are my Brandon Wheat Kings? I, again, I don't follow junior hockey, so you have to excuse me. But I know the Wheat Kings are in the, in the West are in the semifinals. Um, are we? Are we Wheat Kings? Are we looking good? Yeah, they are looking good, and and they weren't early on. That's the thing about Brandon. They had this team, um, you know, out of the gate that was sort of predicted to be maybe the best in the country and mm-hmm. a team to contend and. And, uh, you know, their head coach and GM Kelly McCrimmon yeah. actually turned down a job with Toronto. I saw that, yeah. To go work with, uh, work with the Leafs to kind of follow through on this group of uh, players he had. And it was such a bright, uh, group that he wanted to stick it, stick it with us through this year. So they had a tough start. I mean, not a tough start. They had a decent start, but they weren't as dominant, I think, as people expected them to be. So, mm-hmm. you know, they had a lot of, um, a lot of good, a lot of elite players, and we, we would always joke that there wasn't maybe enough puck to go around for all those kids. I think he probably had to sort out some uh, some uh, you know differences with the group there. And, mm-hmm. But they did start to play much better in, in the new year, and now they look really good going in, in, in the playoffs. And so they they're going to play in the in the East final, and and um, I think Red Deer, who will be the host of the Memorial Cup, won last night. I, I, and uh, in Game Seven mm-hmm. against Regina, so they're going to move on to the West Final. So it looks like it's going to set up to be a really good Memorial Cup. Brandon could be the other team. We'll see. But yeah. um, they're going to play Seattle. Is it Seattle or who? Are they? I don't. I should know this. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's how many games they've done lately, Steve. I haven't even followed up on it. But I do. You know, Red Deer has made it to the to final, yeah. the West Final. 
and I knew no Brandon's in the East. I don't know who, who plays who, but it'll be Victoria, I guess, and uh, Seattle, and then it'll be oh Kelowna. Red Deer, Red, it'll Kelowna. be Red Deer and Brandon. Red yeah. Deer and Brandon, right? No, Kelowna. I uh, just clicked no. on. Uh, Kelowna Rockets. Did Kelowna be Vic last? Yeah, Edge Royals, three to two. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see. Okay, see, yeah, I yeah. saw the Royals were leading late. So okay, there you go. So Kelowna gets back in again. Yeah. So, that's, so a, that's a bit of an upset beating Victoria. But let me ask you this: it, it, So the Red Deer gets a berth to the Memorial Cup because they're their host city. Right. But but they make the final four, so it looks like okay. they're going to be a competitive team regardless how. It goes. Yeah, yeah, but but if they win the w, the Western Hockey League title, do mm-hmm. who goes then for? Because there should be another. Team, does the runner up? Well, the does, team, the, does the loser? Yeah, get the runner up would go. Oh, okay. Up would right. go. Teams right. have played their way in as host before. Yeah, I know that it would be. I didn't know how that worked. Playing the final, right? Right. Yep. I didn't know how that worked. So um, Red Deer's in, and they got a competitive team, and they've they've had some struggles too. You know, they they made some changes. They had they added some players at the end. They got uh, you know Louis DeBrus' uh, son Jake, the mm-hmm. Boston first rounder. They got him. Ladies played well for them, and so they're. Yeah, they're, you know, regardless of whether they win the league or not, they're going to be in the, in the tournament, obviously. Right. So, oh, uh, but good. they look the part of a team that's going to be competitive regardless. Yeah, because sometimes the hosts aren't so competitive. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, it's happened yeah. a few times in the last, you know, five or six years. Yeah, they don't want it. they don't want that, right? They want the team to be competitive, and so you want to have four four right. good teams. Last year, Quebec was a good, uh, a great host and a good team, and and well deserved to be there. So, yeah, I think it'll be the same this year. Yep. Um, Kelly McCrimmon over at Brandon, and again, uh, you know, I lived there for twenty years before I moved down here south um mm-hmm. and i follow it from a distance but very few down years for the wheat kings it seems anyways um he seems to be able to restock the cupboard get the kids uh pretty quickly right like it's a it's a top-notch program i was reading about them not too long ago they had a stretch i want to see seven or eight years ago where they didn't make the playoffs and that was a bit of an anomaly yeah so they're they're mm-hmm. always competitive he does a great job he's you know, he's a hockey lifer through and through, right? Yeah. He loves the game. He was a good player in his own right, a college player, a right. junior player, a good pro. Like he, And you can tell when you talk to him that he cares a lot about the kids. And that, and so, you know, when you when you have that kind of personality and you're going to uh, meet with families and you're talking to, to parents and people that you want to recruit their son, then, you know, people don't miss that. They they understand he's a he's a caring guy and he's going to do right by their by their son. So I think he, I think he's terrific, and mm-hmm. and it's no coincidence that the Leafs tried to pluck him out of there yeah. last year when they were yeah. making all those changes. So there's a reason why he's he's good. He's a good eye for talent. He he's a terrific coach, and the kids all sort of say the same things. You know, he really mm-hmm. he really cares about your development. He wants to see you through and have, and and have success in life, whether it's in hockey or anything else. So he. He's a bit of a father figure in, yeah. in more ways than one, and 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 better in some ways than most others. So I, I think he, I think again, he's uh, he's a lifer through and through, and the kids respond to him. And there's a reason he's able to recruit the players he is, and that's why they had no down years. They've been competitive yeah. all the time because he wins people over. The uh, London Knights, uh, Mitch Marner, obviously me being a Leaf fan, he, he everyone talks about him. I'm sure you watch him, you do his games, everything else. It's it's a really funky rule where next year he can't play in the A, you know, because of age. He has to go back to London or play with the Leafs. What do you think happens to Mitch Marner? Well, I, I, I mean, I think there has to be space for him to play in the NHL now. You know, people. A lot of people think you know there's a lot of room for him to develop. You know, and kind of they worry about injury with his size. And mm-hmm. I've not seen this guy get hit in open <laughs> ice or along the boards in three years. I don't know what the weir- the worry is about him. I, I you know to, for him to come back. You know, he's got 
Yeah, you know, two hundred and eighty right. points his last two years. Like, where's he going to go from this year? You know, right. it looks like his team could very likely be the representative of the OHL, and so I don't, I don't see how they, I don't see how mm-hmm. they don't use him. I, I, I can't. I mean, the only other thing is to somehow have some kind of a rule where each team in, in the NHL can have one player designated. I've heard this bandied around a little bit about one player who can, yep. sort of has exemption status and he can go to the American League as a teenager. But right. I don't think he can has any more to accomplish in junior. No. He, I watched him practice the other day. Like he, he's on a different level than even the good players on the Knights. You know, and so right. um, I think his time is now. A lot of people don't think that. I, I I think there's parts of his game he'll need to improve, especially with Mike Babcock as his coach. But yeah. he's smart. He's he's um, come a long way in a short period of time. He's. He's improved. He does things you can't teach. I don't think there's anything, any reason for him to be back in junior next year. And 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 um, I think that Chuck. I think uh, there's other players there that uh, are also ready. Uh, Dvorak. So I, I think um, I think if the Leafs, you know, they've said all along in the rebuild that they want to take their time and have patience with these young guys. And mm-hmm. I think that's true. But I think we also saw at the end of the year when they auditioned some of the young players that. Uh, the gap is narrow. The, yeah. the gap between junior and pro with the rules, what they are, and allowing players to skate and free them up to do their thing and not have all the obstruction and violence. So I think it helps young players make the jump quicker, and I think he's one of them. I think he's ready. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they said, I mean, not that he's Gretzky, but yeah, Gretzky's going to get hit. Patrick Kane's going to get hit. And these guys, somehow, somehow, Todd, they survive uh, <laughs> because yeah. they're so good. They just don't put themselves in those smart. spots. Too right. smart, yeah. yeah. Too smart, too aware. Like, I watch him, you know, you watch him, he's, he's got it all sorted out. He's, he's shoulder checking, you know, it's 360 degrees, what's happening around him all the time. And those Best players do that. I wasn't one of those guys. I got hit a lot. <laughs> so I, I admire a player of his stature that, you know, doesn't get hit. And, and guys are looking for him. Guys mm-hmm. are trying to pin him sure. and get him out of the play. And he spins off. And yep. he's, he's smart. And he so, uses his space well. He's, he's, he's just a gifted kid. So in your mind, he makes the Leafs next year. Like, you know, like he, he can and, and he will, he, he'll be successful, you know, if you had to sit back now. I think I think he he'll you know he'll I, I like him a little bit yeah. the Nylander right. Nylander a little bit like he um, you know he's small mm-hmm. and he he'll, I think he'll always score and it'll just be like the growing pains will be you know and it's it's the same with the Mike Babcock team is mm-hmm. you know you, you want them to play be smart when they don't have the puck and what are they doing when they're not creating offense right. you know what what else can they contribute and I think he had those same. Is this? to say about Nylander, yep. and I think you probably have the same struggle with 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 Marner. But there's no question he's ready, uh, talent wise. And and if you surround him with those other young players, I'm sure they'll all grow together and really enjoy it. But he um, he'll have to learn some things to play without the puck and where yeah. to be and and all the back checking and all those things. And so he'll he'll but, he'll have some things to learn. He's always had the puck and he's always been an offensive guy and he's mm-hmm. always been a you know the guy that's the focal point uh, going going north. But he'll need to learn. A few things, and Babcock's real, you know, he's real, uh, real keen on that and teaching guys how to play. Because you know, most of most of the guys uh, had to go through that already this year, and so he'll be he'll be one I would think next year that'll have to do the same. So, yeah, I think he's ready. And yeah. No question, no question. Yeah, yeah. Talent is there. It's just uh, you know how quick a learner will it be, and how how quick will he fall in the line to their system, and yep. he can do all that, and he'll win over the coach, and I'm sure he'll get a chance. Yeah. So in your mind, this kid is is. Uh... Like he's like obviously I don't know how much you watched Nylander. He to me watching Nylander, I was impressed. This kid's this kid's great. Marner's yeah. maybe better, huh? He 
Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, I like, I like the way Nylander skates. I think, yep. he, I think, you know, Marner is a good skater. I wouldn't put him on the, in the class of Nylander yet, but, you know, Nylander's got a year of, um, you know, professional hockey under his belt and he's been an elite scorer at the American League. That's a, yeah. that's a step in itself, but, um, do I think he can be, can be better? For sure. I think he can be a better uh, pro. I'm, I just, I think right right now, if yeah. you were to compare the two of them, I'd probably put Nylander a little bit ahead. Little bit, but I yeah. think Nylander showed in his little, his brief stint at the end of the year that mm-hmm. he could be, you know, he could get you 50 points next year real easy. And so, you know, can Marner do the same? I, I think so. I think so. It'll be all the other things away from the puck that'll be the, have to be sorted out. But, I, you know, as far as scoring mm-hmm. and being able to contribute the, the skills and the, and the mind to adapt, I think they both have it. It's just whether they'll be able to fit them both in at the same time. That'll be the trick, right? Right, right. Um, the getting back, to, talking about Marner's club a little bit. Um, the London Knights. Dale Hunter owns it. I think Mark Hunter still owns it, right? I think he just works for the Leafs, but he he does still own it. I don't know, but I think yeah, they're both yeah. yeah, they both own it. Um, the Hunter family owns it. Yeah. There's uh there's all this talk about them getting having all the advantages. They have a great rink. They have a packed rink. Uh, they always seem to get the best players, whether it's Domi or Marner or Kadri or these all these guys over the years. Uh, I'm missing. 20 dudes that were, you know, they've been superstars. What is it about their program? What, yeah, King, what is it about their program? I mean, there's lots of people that kind of smile and make some Snickers, Todd, here and there when they talk about their program, but like, what is it? What's going on there? If you looked at it from a, you know, you were once a junior star and NHL guy and now you cover junior, like, what, what makes their program so great? Well, like Kelly Crimmon, you know, it's 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 a reputation. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a status. It's word of mouth. It's a, it's a lot of things. But um, you know, you got you got the hunters who are you know passionate hockey family. You know, uh, second generation. Dylan's helping the team now as well, mm-hmm. and and um, they have the facility. They have the reputation of success, and and uh, putting players at the next level regularly. Uh, they just do a terrific job. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a great venue. It's a great city. It's a great university. There's so many things that go with uh, playing in London that are attractive to a to a family when you're sending your son away to to live. Um, True. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of things. You got two you know uh, established NHL guys with um, you know a great reputation of how they treat people and and how they develop players. It's it's just. It, it, it's the playing field's not real level when you look at the ten thousand seat rank in the, in the great city and mm-hmm. and, um, and so it, it, that's why and then they a proven track record of success you can't you can't argue with it so you're recruiting a kid from the states or from Europe or wherever and you're trying to, to you know get them to commit to your program you just have to just roll out the last <laughs> twenty years and say this is what we've done and this check is what it we've out the NHL. Right, right. and so what parents not gonna yeah. With, a, with a son that has aspirations to make it to pro hockey, and with, uh, how can you turn that down? I yeah. get it. So yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's it's interactive, and and they just keep uh, they just you know it's it's Kitchener, it's Windsor, it's London, it's you know maybe Ottawa, Kingston, some of those teams that have a, a bit mm-hmm. of a, a track record of success in great cities with great universities. That uh, you know when you're sitting down with their mom, you want to be able to introduce all that to the equation too, and they right. and they uh, they do that, and uh, that's how they they're able to to get the best recruits every year. Do you think um, the the USHL and the college ranks 
it seems like they're getting a bit of a making a bit of a uh, a dent into the CHL uh, armor a little bit. And, and again, this is just from a guy that doesn't follow it, but from afar, yeah. it seems like they are doing a better job with kind of the benefits they can offer more and more. This UHHL, I talked to Van Beesbrook a little while ago, and I mean they had the most guys drafted I think last year or the year before. Um, a little bit more competition for the CHL than ever before. Yeah, they do a good job, you know, and they have. Part of that is too, and it's like London, I guess. They have great venues, you know, right. like in your and the university programs. Um, you know, they, they get incentives to take kids from the USHL and the American kids from those programs, and so I, I think they do a lot of things well. And it's a newer league; that's mm-hmm. part of it too. And so some of the some of the you know franchises do a great job. And the BC Junior League now, you're seeing two players that are going to be first rounders uh, from from there this year. That they do a good job of promoting their kids and. So, yeah, there's some competition. The biggest, you know, I guess angle that the CHL, you know, card they can play at the end of the day is mm-hmm. every year of service you get a year of college pay. Yeah. So that's a tough one. When you're saying at 16 years old you're trying to decide, am I going to hang around for two more years and play, you know, uh, Junior B or, or Tier 2 Hockey or USHL, BC, BC Junior, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you can be guaranteed, you know, two years of paid university at a you know a Canadian university for those two years that you would have to wait to get into it potentially an NCAA program then that would be hard I was that kid too you know yeah. I heard from all the schools mm-hmm. and I wrote my SATs and I and I was debating what because that kind of um it all happened so fast I didn't really know I was sort of planning for three or four years down the road and and junior came along I had a school package right in front of me on on you know the day after I was drafted and it's mm-hmm. like well how can I lose, right? Sure, so, yeah, yeah. so it's it's it, that that's where you know the CHL has been able to maintain the, the the pace of you know recruiting and and uh, it's a smart choice by them. It's an expensive one in a lot of cases because the kids do cash in on that and mm-hmm. they do have a brief window to do it only, yeah, which is the next big issue. But but I I think that's where they are able to make inroads in the NCAA because it's really the same thing. You just do it when you're done junior, and you get to focus on your junior hockey and get your high school and all that out of the way, and then mm-hmm. you have this in your back pocket whenever you want it. So that's a that's yeah. a tough one to compete with, really, in the end, right? Yeah, I'd like to see the the length changed um, on when you can take advantage of the CHL schooling. Like you cut what is it, yeah. two years or something? And like think, yes, eighteen months. Yeah, there, there was a big yeah. thing on that. There, the whole uh, yeah. Um, junior hockey uh, because these know, kids are trying uh, to make players it a, association yeah. is trying to make make a statement on that. Yeah, I, I think it, they made a good point. It's never yeah. going to happen where there's a union, but I do believe that 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 is a sticking point where they they'll probably look at that at yeah. eighteen months. You know, you you want to be able to go. You want to have two and a half, three years a to pro. really decide if you can play pro and yep. if you're going to get your foot in the door and be able to make it make a go of it. Eighteen months <laughs> isn't really enough to make a to, to really sink yep. your teeth into trying it and. Uh, so I agree. Like they, you know, they're done at twenty by twenty three. You should be able to cash that in still. I think. Yeah, and, I agree. And um, and so that's that that has been talked about. I know, and and you know, I think the players uh, agreed to so, sort of on mass after mm-hmm. the fact that you know, I, you know, I got, I got I got to go to the East Coast League. I got to try it, but then I had to make a decision by that fall, the next fall, really, because you got to get enrolled. Mm-hmm. So it's not really enough time to to make a, a proper goal of it if you want to play. It. Professionally, and so I think that'll be a change that they'll have to make uh, just to keep pace too. Um, I getting into your career a little bit. Fourth overall by the Quebec Nordiques, drafted in uh, in ninety two. Uh, nice, uh, nice, nice draft by you. Um, nice draft position. <laughs> uh, what I what I forgot Thanks. about you 
until I was doing some research is, yeah, you played for the Olympics in 94 in Lillehammer. Um, I, I, yeah. I forgot all about that. Um, that's a really neat, neat and unique thing. Like, how was Quebec? Yeah. Did you, was that your decision? Did Quebec say, hey, kid, go play for the Canadian national team? How did that work? They did. It was uh, my second training camp, and I'd been uh... – you know, kind of like Marner, I guess. I mean, I mean, Marner's an elite player, different player than, than I was. Oh, stop it! Time, You're fourth same, overall. Same age. Yeah, yeah. Same age. You know, we're we're uh, similar. So I, I think they felt like, um, like we talked. How much more can I prove in junior? And, mm-hmm. and and I was ready for something in the middle. Yeah. And uh, in the you know American League would obviously be ideal. The national program was on par with that or better. In an Olympic year, there's lots of players. Um, who wanted to be a part of that program and players that had been in the program for two or three years leading up to 94 who were trying to mm-hmm. get their foot in the door and play in an Olympic game. So they said, are you interested? And I said, sure. I'd yeah. love to go. And I played under 17. I'd been in the program and under 18 before. And so I went to uh, Dwayne Norris and I, we were both the last cuts in Quebec that year. And we both went to Calgary and joined the national team. It was, it was because a, a really an eye-opening experience for me because I got my first taste of like, Real men's hockey, you know, because <laughs> right. you, you know I only played junior then. I've been to I've been to pro camp, and pro camp was just you know, you know, you, you play. I played some exhibition games, but you really you're you're with a team now, and you're traveling around Europe. You're playing club teams all over Europe. You're playing exhibition games against NHL teams, mm-hmm. and uh, that was really you know, and the training. You know, like we practiced twice a day. We were in the gym. The, the you know the people, the psychologists, the nutritionists, the people that really come yeah. and. Uh, Take time to show you what you need to do, right? And so that was the that was what I needed, really. And um, so it was an exciting year. We we had a tough year. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but we we lost to the Americans ten of eleven times. No, I I, I don't games. remember that. No, yeah. yeah. I just, yes, we played them. We played them all over. We played right. them in in New York, Minnesota, sure. Colorado, Toronto, all over the world. Yeah, yeah. exhibition games leading up, and so we had a tough record. We we they were a good team, and we just couldn't beat them all year. But we. We sort of, you know, we went to Izvestia in Russia. We lost to France. We we got beat by a Russian team. We got beat by um, the Swedes, and so we were kind of getting some bad press. And that was sort of around Christmas, and when everybody, I think, went away for a few days and just came back and said, "Okay, let's get this going here. We got you know six yeah. eight weeks. Let's just find out how good we can really be." And then we we played really good for a stretch. We did a tour across Canada and beat a Russian team like nine out of ten times. Mm-hmm. And then we played. We played in the Globe in the Swedish tournament, made the finals about uh, you know three weeks before the Olympics. So we mm-hmm. felt good going in, although our season maybe didn't show it. And so yeah, people yeah. kind of wrote us off as you know no chance for a medal. You know this team is going to be six to eight to the best. You know so so we just kind of put it all together at the right time. You, you play in a short tournament like that. It's not you're not playing in a series. It's just you know you get get rolling. You see that the world junior teams get hot or the world championships yeah. Yeah. in a short event they can get uh, confidence and. Uh, and we dealt with the adversity already with our team in the fall, and we just kept rolling. It was a it was a really fun group. We had a lot of fun together. We didn't play a home game the whole year. <laughs> yeah, true. And so you get to know people pretty well, well when you're traveling and slugging bags and on buses and trains and everything else. So it was fun, and we we you know we were just a shootout goal away from, yeah. from by Peter Forsberg. So it was that close, but you, what a what a run at the Olympics specifically because you, before that we were mediocre at best. When you see Hirsch, or do, do you tell him, bro? Thank, thanks. Couldn't you? You couldn't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, it was a pretty good player. It was. It was. It was. Um, it was on a post no, stamp, right? Yeah. I, I know. He, we, I, I do some games with Hershey periodically, and I, I tease him once in a while. But where's your right leg? Get your right leg out there. What are you doing? Or your uh, left leg. Sorry. It was the last oh, Olympics no. before pros, right? Yeah, because '98 was Nagano. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that was the last right. of the uh, last of amateur event. But we had, you know, we had Greg Johnson who was playing with the Wings at the time. We had Peter Ned that who was a holdout yeah. in yeah. Um, yeah, Ned. at the time. And then we then we had uh, Paul Korea. Paul yeah. Korea played for us too. Who was who played the, the fall semester at Maine and was ready to join Anaheim. But he he uh, Chris Contos who played in the NHL. We had a bunch of guys that had some experience mm-hmm. in the NHL. So we were. We were better than just an amateur, you know, American yeah. League outfit. We we added, you know, the leading goal scorer from the American League, Johnny Zwa, about halfway through the year, and he was on our third line, you know. So we were right. we were a good team. We were for, a good team. So well, for you though, um, for, for you to go like, uh, you know, basically, like you said, your last cut from the Nordiques. Um, I think the Canadian national team they said, hey, you're here for a year. Like you weren't going to get called up to Cornwall. You weren't going to get called up to Nordiques, right? It was it was a commitment for a year. No, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, we were both yeah. uh, on our minor league uh, on our minor league contract for the year. And right. So, uh, but we did when we did finish the Olympics. That's the other thing too. The Olympics is in February. Yeah. So of course, when that ends, it's like where are you going to go? So, the, so both Cor- Wayne Norris and I went to Cornwall. Yeah, we went to the minors, yep. and then he actually ended up. I got hurt, so I wasn't playing. But he actually got called up to Quebec at the end of the year as well. So, mm. so he spent he spent uh, a couple weeks in Quebec. I was rehabbing an injury, and then we both finished the season in Cornwall in the American League that year. Yeah, what a cool experience, though. You got a silver medal, um, and yep. and like you said, memories of traveling the world before you had yeah. to like quote unquote get serious. You know what I mean? Um, as a professional, yeah. like that. I yeah, awesome experience. I'm sure I'm you must it was a combination of both. Like I look at it now, like it was, you know, I wish I'd been, you know, maybe 30 years old and, and, and gone through <laughs> that. I was, you know, you're 19, you're right. just, you know, yeah, you're, it's like you're, you just finished high school and you go backpacking. But it was, I mean, it was backpacking in Europe. But it was yeah. an education as well, like yeah. learning what I needed to do. You know, training wise mm-hmm. and and everything, as well as you know the culture of all the different places we visited too, and that was special as oh. well. Again, I, something that I yeah. I got to do later in my career when I went to Europe as a thirty something, yeah. but um, at the time just a whirlwind. You know, just processing it all, trying to still play and be, you know, get to pro and 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 then just apply all the things I was learning. That was really what I was doing. Yeah, no, it must have been pretty cool. And then also too, you probably you know you probably got to watch Paul Curry in practice every day, and you're like, oh. That guy's really good. <laughs> well, I knew Paul. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I knew he was good. Hey, yeah, I played. I played uh, against him under seventeen. I played with him under eighteen. We'd gone to Japan together, and, okay. and we we all knew his talent. And he was real little. Like, I mean, dude, right? Yeah, this is at a time when you know you yep. can still grapple and grind and carry on. And he was he was still having a lot of success. So it would always be a big score. Just whether he can handle, you know, you could like we talked about Marner, whether he can handle all yep. the other things. That, yeah, and by the time he came to that national program, he you know he had a hundred and sixty point BC Junior League scoring each season, mm-hmm. and we knew he was good, and and he was ready to really take over. And he, real sharp, student of the game, trained hard, he, you know, straight and narrow, ate well, you know, everything was in place, and he. By the end of that year, was our, maybe our best player. Yeah, yeah. Um, yourself, so like I said, number four from Quebec. Years. Quebec's, you know, uh, not a good team. They're stockpiling all these dudes uh, for a long time. You're one of them, uh, and then you're yeah. traded to the Leafs at the draft with Mats for Wendell Clark. Um, broke my heart, by the way, Warner. But as, as a kid, <laughs> me but... too. Me too. Don't worry. <laughs> Where were you when uh, when you found out that you'd been in this mega trade? 
Long story, uh, Cliff Fletcher was at the Olympics, and he actually um, made a point of finding my mom and dad. Okay. <laughs> so dad, dad took a while for dad to tell me this story. It was after <laughs> I'd finished in Cornwall and we were home in May, and he's like, hey, by the way, I meant to tell you. you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, good. So we'd actually – so there was rumor about it, and I, I didn't know if it would ever right. come to fruition. But we went to watch the draft at my grandfather's house that day. Okay. He's the only guy, only guy in the family that had TSN at the time. And keep in mind when this was. <laughs> yeah, good point. So we, right. went up, yeah, yeah. we went up to watch. We went up to watch a kid um, from around here who might have got drafted. And sure enough, we turned the TV on, and it's right at the start. And, and they, there's talk on the floor between Colorado and – or uh, between Quebec and Toronto, and we're like, oh, geez. So Dad looks at me like, well, maybe this is the one, you know. Yeah. So, uh, also, sure enough, it, sure enough, it happens. And and yeah, I remember thinking like you, you know, I was a, a huge Wendell Clark fan. I played for for Brad Smith, Motor City Smitty, in, in Windsor and Junior, and and Brad and and, and Wendell were buddies, and and my agent was Donnie Me. And oh just like, yeah, just Wendell's like Wendell. agent. And so yeah, I, yeah. I knew Wendell. He, yeah. he was really nice to me as a as a kid. And right. I was down in Toronto uh, that just a year prior to have my knee looked at by Chris Broadhurst, who was mm-hmm. the trainer known to be the guy that looked after Wendell for years and years. So I, I knew Wendell personally and I, and I admired him as well and the way he played and the guy he was. And so I remember, <laughs> you know, when the trade happened, I remember thinking, well, that's too bad. Wendell's not going to be there, you know, like, and, I, <laughs> and uh, yeah. so that, yeah, I, I know the exact feeling, but it was, it was funny. incredible. And dad and I were the only ones sitting in the room and we, we stood up and hugged each other and, you know, it made, it made the summer, uh, so yeah. exciting and uh, yeah. and just made, just motivated me to you know okay this is this is where I want to be and yeah. you know, Pat Burns and the Leafs I watched them in the in the in the conference finals that year and it was like yeah this is gonna be really cool and um, so it was and uh, so really you were happy, stoked happy so, time. Yeah. yeah you weren't you were stoked then you weren't because uh, again Quebec no, no, I mean the only, yeah. the only reason I was disappointed was that Wendell, Wendell. wasn't gonna be there anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean everything else was like it's yeah. perfect for me I was gonna yeah. be. Yeah. You know, I'm from a small town in Canada in Ontario, two hours down the road, and yeah. and so it was perfect. It so, was a great setup, and so I just wanted to do whatever I could to get my my foot in the door on a, on a Pat Burns team that was wasn't known for carrying young guys. You know. So. Yeah, yeah, he was tough on guys. You got there, so you play a year in St. John's, and then you uh, get a little bit of time with the Leafs, and then the next year you kind of break. Uh, break it in with the Leafs, but this is near the end of that conference finals team. Pat's still there, but he only lasts a year, and, and Gilmore gets out soon after. Was it a bit of a disaster when you finally got to be a full-time guy, where you were like, hey, wait a minute. Like, this isn't that, yeah. <laughs> this isn't that fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, yeah, I mean, there was some struggle in the middle of all that. Like my, my first year, we made the playoffs, and it mm-hmm. was it was a bit of a transition. We had a lot. We had old, some older guys, and and it wasn't. It, it took some time to for the you know Pat to kind of take to the, the young players, and yeah. And so there was a, there was a struggle. But my second year was was a tough one. I was hurt. There was a lot of things. A lot of you know Dougie left. Um, yeah. Dave Ellett, Andrew Trey, a lot of guys were gone that were kind of the you know the the face of the franchise for so long. So it was tough, and that's shouldered a lot of that, I think. And, yeah. And that was hard on him because he, you know, people forget he was young too, right? And yep. And so uh, a great player and and big and tall, but twenty four or five years old. So it was a lot for him in a city like that at that age to take that responsibility, I think. But he did he handled it really well and. And then it took a couple more years. We added some pieces, and then we went back to the conference finals again. And that yeah. was that was terrific. So it, yeah, in the middle of all that, it was it was a little lean and, and a little tough, but changing mm-hmm. buildings and all all the other stuff uh, yeah. as well. But uh, I, yeah, in five five years, you know, I enjoyed it immensely, and I, I grew up. I found out who I was, what kind of player I was going to be, and 
and uh, got a chance to play for you know yeah. Pat Burns and Pat Quinn and and uh, Mike Murphy. So you know it was, it was you know I look back on those that that time in my life and and uh, the things I learned from those coaches, the older players that I played with. Uh, you know, yeah. um, I, it, it, it made me the player I was. If I if I hadn't had that experience, I'm not sure I would have played as long. Right. right. And so that's really the way I look at it now. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pulp Hockey Podcast Show. Having a good time doing it, and uh, thanks to our guys for coming on board over at Righty Board. Righty Board's Power Play Whiteboard is hockey's first restickable portable hockey whiteboard that goes wherever you go. Whether it's needed at one end of the rink or one end of the country, the Power Play Board sticks to any surface your team needs it. Vivid graphics and a white background on the front. Removable, long-lasting, air-free adhesive on the back. Visualization is now your ultimate weapon. It's the most versatile, practical, and simple-to-use whiteboard in the world. Every rink, every team, every coach needs to get a few of these Power Play whiteboards and check them out. Use the code PULP at writeyboards.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y, boards.com, to get 15% off your Power Play board. All right, back to the show. Yeah, so it wasn't, okay, so I was getting, my next question was kind of going to be like, okay, so you're the fourth overall pick. Now, look, Mats was the star that got traded for Wendell. But in a way, Todd, you were the also, like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, sweet, fourth overall Warner. Like, this is awesome. And Sundin, like, even though I loved Wendell. Um, so you didn't So you didn't feel like, like I was going to say, so you didn't feel like a lot of pressure, like, hey, you're going to be the next guy and you're from the hometown and all that? Or did you, it sounds like you more, like, embraced it and just loved it. Tried your best, you just loved it. Not right away. Like, you know, I guess there was stretches where I think it was only when I got hurt. You know, I had a lot of injury. Like, I felt like, wow, I gotta, you know, I'm hurt again. I got to get, you know. Yeah, yeah. But when I got traded there, no, I was just thrilled to be mm-hmm. in the organization. And, and not, you know, because I knew, you know, some of the people in the organization already, I felt like that was a good place for me. I felt comfortable without having really been around it. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I remember day three of the first training camp, I fell and dislocated my shoulder. I got hit with, in the face with a puck. I missed you know, the first <laughs> Jeez, 10 days yeah, of the camp. Yeah. And that was the year of the lockout. That was the lockout year, yeah, right? Yeah. So the camp ends and we were locked out. I I remember, like it was yesterday, I'm in a sling in the room and they're like, boys, we're going up, we're, we're leaving, we're done. And so I was like, what yeah. do I do now? Like, I, I can't play anyway. Where do, you know, what yeah. do I, so the... And then we had meetings. They wanted me to go to the go to the American League. So I I remember thinking, well, I'm going to go to the minors. I can't, I can't play. And, and it was, so it wasn't until the next training camp, right? You know, I had a tough year in the minors. I had ten goals or something, and I had a dislocate. I was wearing a harness until Jeez. the new year. Yeah, and, yeah. and so I just I remember thinking, wow, I got to I got to get playing again, right? And just and just wanting to get be healthy and, and mm-hmm. try it. And so I worked hard that summer. I had a lot of time off and kind of rehab my shoulder and got my ankle, which had been bothering me back uh, from the Olympics uh, mm-hmm. right again. And then I, I felt much better at camp. had a good camp. And, uh, you know, Bernsey, I remember that. I was in Collingwood, last cut. Bernsey called me in. I want you to go down and play in the minors. And I was not, I was really disappointed. I thought I played well enough to stay. And then, uh-huh. and then I went to the minors, played well, and, and Bill Berg broke his ankle. Okay. And about three weeks into the NHL season, that's when I got the call, the first call up, and I had never looked back. So, yeah, yeah, I was. It was. It took some time, and I, I, there was some pressure. You know, it's you're playing, you're a Leaf, and uh, you're part of a big trade, and I, I'm right. sure. I, but, but it was really only when, I guess, you know, after that second year when I was when I was hurt again, and I thought, geez, I got I'm, I'm missing the boat here. There's players coming in, and I'm right. I'm getting behind, and that's when I felt the pressure to to play and be be ready. Um, was it cooler playing in Maple Leaf Gardens for a little bit or playing with Gilmore? What was cooler as a Toronto kid? 
Oh, geez. I, uh, that's, you know. That's pretty cool things. I knowing yeah. and being around Dougie. You know, I, you know, I, you, 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 I watched Dougie like you, you know. And it yeah. just, you just lay his soul bare for you to see. It was just, <laughs> right. you, know, just, you just loved him, right? Like, you couldn't help but love him. And to be around him and see how, you know, the way he, the way he carried himself and, and how little you know, yeah. I remember thinking, "Geez, he really is littler than you than you think." And, <laughs> right. and he just go out there, and he just never got tired, and he just he just give it his all every shift. It was, it, you know, I always say like when I'm coaching now, if I find a young player that plays with that, you know, you, you don't find them very often. Trust me, but but small players who who play with that kind of edge and and play in your face and are tireless, kind of they, mm-hmm. they push all the bigger guys. To be that much harder to play against, you know. Like right, right. If you're Dave Andrzejczyk and you're looking at your your centerman playing like that, you're like, wow, I better get skating. You know right, I mean? right. And it just it just makes your What's, team that much better. I think when you have a, a player like that on your team. So I was, you know, I thought it was really cool. But you know, but then, you know, being at the gardens, and my dad, you know, knowing the history of the yeah. police and 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 for to see that your your family it just walk around and look around. I mean. Uh, that's when you realize how cool the venue is, too, that you guys yep. are playing, right? So that was special, too, for sure. And then uh, at some point, Wendell comes back, and you're like, yeah. hey. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that was great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was rumor. I mean, there, I mean let's take some heat. You remember. You remember. Yeah, that, that wasn't, so a, great, it wasn't a great that. trade. It wasn't a great trade to get him back. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but it, it was great to play with him. It was right. great to play with him. And he was, he was that, you know, Wendell played – you know, you play like that for ten years. You're gonna, you're gonna leave your mark on your body. And he was, he, he, he was banged up and and spent a lot of time getting himself, as much time getting himself ready to play as he did playing. You know what I mean? Like, so um, how about, how about he when was, he, uh, how about when he scored in his in his first game back at the Gardens? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> people, people, you remember that too? People, yeah, that was people that was lost cool. their minds. That's the loudest. I, that's the loudest I heard in the crowd maybe over last night. I know, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really cool. Yeah, it, it was great to have him back and get you know again great for me to play with him. And, yeah, and uh, but you could see his game had changed. You know, like from what we came to know from him, and yeah. and. and he played. He played so hard. He he hit hard. He fought. He, he was just. He he wasn't a big guy either. 190 yeah. pounds. You know, he 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 played like that for that length of time. It's gonna take its toll, and it did. And so, but to see what he went through. That's the other thing too. You know, talking about Dougie. Like, yeah. You know, see what they went through to get themselves. You know, into the lineup was a good eye opener for me mm-hmm. too. So then when I, I remember thinking when I got hurt. Uh, several other times that, you know, I've seen <laughs> right, yeah. other guys, you know what I mean? Like, I can yeah, go yeah. through this, I can get through this, yeah. right? So, again, if I hadn't seen it and been around it at that young age, then I'm not sure I would have been, I'm not sure I was as a good, you know, equipped as a teenager yeah. to fight through that adversity and, 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 and see what other guys do, right? And and that's just part of the learning. You, you learn how to practice, you learn how to, you know, what the coach expects, you learn mm-hmm. how to play without the puck, you learn how to, deal with adversity and it's personal or as a team, whatever it is, you know, that's what you learn as a young player, right? You, uh, you can tell that, you know, you're a Leaf fan and you played for, you know, these great teams and everything, or these great guys. And, and like you said, so Quinn comes in, team's starting to get yeah. good. Roberts and, uh, and Matt's is there. Um, uh, Cujo, you're starting to do good. And then you get traded to Tampa and they were not a good team. How crushed were you? I probably would have been in tears. I was. Yeah, you're like, on national TV. Oh, you were? Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah. oh. So no, it, it, it was tough. I, you know, 
Yeah, that we 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 felt like we really come a long way in 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 that last year. And yeah. So you know, when Pat took over, Pats were similar in a lot of ways, and and it took me some time to to win Pat Quinn over too. Yeah. And and, uh, and so I went. I think when he, uh, you know, we we signed, you know, we signed Cujo. We got Steve Thomas, Derek King. We had a, we had a good. Mm-hmm. You know, mix the year, year prior, we played for Murph, and you know everybody was trapping, and yeah, yeah. everybody was backing up and playing like the New Jersey Devils, which were the kind of the blueprint for success. And so everybody, and we really didn't have a team that was sort of built that way. We right. had a lot of like we had Bearsen and Corlett. We had some players that wanted to skate and <laughs> Bear, play, you know, Bearsen. And we were, yeah, you know, like you know, he's you know, he wanted to shoot and score. Like, you know, nobody, nobody wanted to back up and check. You know, dude, did he ever? So, pa- did he ever pass in practice or anything? <laughs> did, did, did he ever? <laughs> Once in a while, when he didn't have any other options, yeah. but he loved to shoot. He could score. Oh, he, could he did. Score. You gotta yeah. give him credit. But yeah, anyway, he did. So Pat Quinn, he right away just realized, hey, this is a, a team that wants to play this way, yeah, and you right. know, he coached in Vancouver, and a lot of a lot was made of how Pat coached, and he loved skill, and and he was a tough old Irishman, but he'd like to see good players play good, and he he let us do it, and. And so he said, "No, we're going to skate. I don't care what you do from the red line in, but uh, you know, just create offense, get open, and, and that's what we did. We played mm-hmm. pretty high, yeah. high octane. We gave up, we gave up a lot of shots, but we had Cujo. Yeah, and yeah. So we and we went right to the conference finals playing that way. But it took me a while to win Pat over, and I played. Uh, it was after Christmas before I really played regularly, and I played center. And and then the next year it was like, yeah, we're going to we're gearing up again. We got a good team and." And then we traded. Uh, what happened was um, Dimitri Kristich mm-hmm. uh, won won his arbitration case against Boston. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, yep. ne- the next fall, and 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 Boston walked away from it. Yeah, remember you could do that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so Toronto picked him up, and and then Pat literally. Um, I think Cliff had been calling him because Cliff was in Tampa again. Cliff Fletcher, and so Freddie Modine had already been traded there in the in um, October, mm-hmm. right out of training camp. And so Pat called me and he said, he, you know, he said, Cliff's been trying to get you for over a year. <laughs> and uh, so he says, we got Christich. I don't know how much I'm going to get to play you again. And he said, like basically the end of the prior year, he said, you know, I didn't realize how good you were. And I, I you know, finally got you in the lineup. You played really well. Yeah, I you're appreciate right. that. And he, right. so, he, you're so he followed up after, the, you know, the first year with him, I, the first four months with him, I didn't play at all. I sat out a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and then he's, Right away, he's like, "Okay, I, I called Cliff, and he wants you down there, and I don't think I can play his. Now. I don't want you to be sitting in the press box anymore." And so we traded to Tampa, just like that. So <laughs> you're like, but, I was in the, but, I, I, know, I was, I was in the Platinum Lounge having lunch with all the guys, and I and Pat Park came in the, the yeah. media relations guy came to t- to call me in the Pat's room. I had talked to Pat privately, and three weeks or a month. Right. Uh, and I thought, well, why does he want to talk to me today? You know? <laughs> yeah, like you never even thought for a second that you'd be going. Like you know, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, and didn't right. until I sat right there, and he said, he said something about Cliff, and I'm like, what's that all about? And so, ah, yeah, yeah bummer. So I was shocked. Yeah. It, it was a, it was a bummer. I got a, it was it was a hard one to take. I'd been traded before, but it was it's still you know you spend that amount of time in a in a great place like that. It mm-hmm. it, it was tough. It was, and, and that like, was a long few days. Yeah, and like you said, and th- things were building. You could see that. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, yeah. Oh, like yeah, great. Um, yeah, and I remember I remember saying that in in the in sort of the the scrum when I left, you know, I felt like yeah. I was making a contribution. We got things turned around. It feels feels poor, you know, feels crappy to not yeah. be able to follow through on that. Really, is what yeah. I said. And then, and then, so, but you know, what? the other thing about Tampa was, you know, Freddie was there. Yeah, I played with Freddie for three years, and and I knew Freddie. And so, when you get traded, when you have people you know in yeah. the room, that makes it that much easier. So, 
yeah, it was it was tough, but um, I was ready to play more, and I knew I was gonna there, and and that's what happened. And and uh, but it was good to see Freddie, and and um, you know, and to have a familiar face in in the room when I got there for sure. Yeah, my buddy uh, down in Tampa, motocross racer, lived next door to Freddie. I think after he retired, after he was done in Columbus, and uh, said, oh, yeah. said he's a really nice guy. You know, this guy knows nothing about hockey. And so I was like, ask him. I said, ask him to show you his shot because Freddie had a cannon. And uh, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and so my buddy was like, yeah, I asked him. He just looked at me really weird. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's Show fine. Shot. Yeah, he probably, he, he probably thought he met a shotgun or something. I know, right? Yeah, my buddy yeah. who's a motocross guy, he's like, <laughs> was looking at him. Um, from there, from Tampa though, you 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 get you get some points. I mean, um, but when you look at like you go from Tampa to Phoenix to uh, to the Canucks to to Philly, you <laughs> yeah. see like, is it injuries or did you just get scratched a lot? Like, not not a lot of like games played, and so was it more injuries or more like where you couldn't get find a place in the lineup? Well, it was both. I yeah. mean, the injuries probably led to that. I, I yeah, did yeah. get hurt again in Tampa. I blew my knee out, and I was, you know, it's funny. I was. It was right at the end of the year, and I got hit, and, and I had an MCL tear, and so we had about twelve games left, and, and the season ended. We didn't make the playoffs, and so I was down there, and our GM down there at the time was Rick Dudley, and so oh, yeah, yeah. Rick Dudley, who I think a lot of as a hockey guy, and mm-hmm. was a good friend for me. He. Uh, you know, he he'd be in the gym every day working out, and he'd be watching me, and I'd be doing my rehab. I get my cast off, and starting to do my thing in there. And so I was around him every day for about a month. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd be I'd be in there doing my stuff. And so we'd go to lunch once in a while. And he, I really like picking his brain because he's a, he's one of these guys. When people talk about people who watch hockey, yeah. and no talent, and, and Rick Dudley is one of those guys. He he watched games all the time, and he was a fitness nut. He was into reading about fitness and. And so I was, I was always interested to talk to him because yeah. he, he always had a lot to, a lot to give you as a young player, right? So, so he, you know, and we had lunch a couple times, and and he, and he's like, How, how's the rehab going, you know? And yeah. So, so I was, I was, set, I signed a two year deal, and I was set to make, you know, over a million dollars in this year. And he's looking at me. I'm in a cast. It's June. He's like, oh, geez, you know, this guy, <laughs> this guy gonna be ready? I'm sure he's thinking, yeah, I, I got, I got to unload this guy. Yeah. So we had a couple meetings. He's like, Well, listen, you're gonna make a lot of money. We've got Marty St. Louis, you know. He scored twenty goals. He's making four hundred. Like you know, yeah. He's thinking. He's thinking. I don't. I don't. I don't need him. And he basically told me flat out a month before I got traded. He's like, you know, well, you get better, and we're gonna find a place for you. And and so Jeez. I knew the writing was on the wall. But yeah. He was as honest with me as anybody has ever been about my my situation because he knew. He's like, Todd, you know what you're making. Yeah. You know, and I got this. I got this kid who's gonna be a Hall of Famer eventually. We've come to learn, Marty St. Louis. <laughs> right. So the writing was on the wall. I could figure out what's going to happen. He's like, "Get better, get better." I can't trade you until you get better, you know. So I'm, I'm working to do my thing. And so, the sure enough, he, it was June. I'd just gone home. I just gone home. I want to say I'm not sure the date exactly, but I just gone home. I'm feeling better. I was, you know, going to start yep. skating, and and uh, I got the call. He's like, "Yeah, this is the call," you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, so I knew it was coming, and but he was fair and honest, and and um, so that that didn't help. And then I got hurt again in Vancouver later. Right, I played injury free for about a year there and then I hurt my back and that was sort of the beginning of the end for me. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> I played I played about forty games um with the Sedines on their line for quite a stretch and mm-hmm. then I hurt my back and that was 
that was tough. I took some time and and then I got traded at the end. That was my last year really was between Philly and uh, Vancouver, Philly and Nashville. Yeah, Nashville for six games. Um, yeah. yeah, it's one of yeah. those things where like you can't. It's hard to get a the coach's trust when you're you know you're in the tub and and, and when you do you need some executive games to get back into the mix and like you just seem to never be able to get that going right. Yeah, that's. I, mean, I guess so. I mean, I take full responsibility. I mean, I I, tr- I worked hard. I was uh-huh. always in good shape. I tried to tried to look out for myself. I just had a had a tough, you know, three year period there where yeah, I couldn't yeah. really. And then starting my start of my career and the end of my career was all bad. You know, that's sort of the way it goes sometimes. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you so you sort of get tight cast, and it's hard to yeah you do, to yeah. get your foot in the door anymore. You, you're having trouble even playing. So that was all right. I, you know. I don't have any regrets. Like I, I went to Europe and really yeah. was, you know, in Europe where I maybe played the best. I, I was 30 years old, but I felt like I, I didn't want to retire when I left the NHL and I wanted. Yeah, to did you? Did, well, did you have any offers, or were you? Was Europe the best money wise and the best situation? Uh, I could. I had. I had a couple of two way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Offers, but it was it was as, as camp was breaking, and I had I missed you know camp, and it was right, like, right. Oh, geez, you know, am I going to go? So I, I I went to Europe and you know having been with the national team and seeing some of the countries and know knowing some of the players who are there now and mm-hmm. I felt a lot better but I did have an offer to go to Russia and in hindsight was with Ovechkin <laughs> oh, okay. when he was draft eligible would have been really cool at, at uh, CSK Moscow right the Moscow right. Dynamo was Moscow Dynamo but I know Finland and Sweden were two two of the other so I ended up going to, going to Finland and it was largely because I. Kevin Hodgson, oh yeah, yeah, who yeah. was the was a goaltender from the Wings. I played yeah. with him in Tampa. Great guy, good friend, funny, funniest guy I ever played with. He was going as well. He was going to to Jokerit in Finland, and I went mm-hmm. with him and Glenn Glenn Metropolit. Oh was yeah, playing yeah. there at, was playing there at the time. So I knew Glenn. I knew how good a player Glenn was, mm-hmm. and I knew I knew Kevin as a teammate in Tampa. So that was felt like the right fit, and I knew Helsinki a little bit. We okay. uh, spent from, a few days there with the national team. from the so national, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like I really felt like once I got to Europe, when I got to play more and get in, you know, feel like I yeah. was in good shape and injury free for a stretch uh, after Finland, that I really played better. Um, but it's funny because you, you know, I, I can remember running into to um, oh, who, um, oh, what's his name from uh, Vancouver? Anyway, a scout. Um, and oh. I said, you know, it's funny they want you to run the power play and carry the puck. I never, I haven't done that for a decade. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And he's right. like, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It's like you know, you're not so so used to playing a certain way and a, yep. a certain style of of player that all of a sudden it's like they're you're asked to be a good player again. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, you're and, like, and, oh wait, was, yeah. I, it, took, it took me some time to to do that, you know. And uh, Steve Tambellini, Steve Tambellini. Oh, I, was yeah. in, I was in fin- I was in Finland and talking to Steve Tambellini. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. I like, I felt the same way when I went back to Switzerland when I was at the end of my career and. And you have to, you have to just think like a player again. Yeah, think like a player. And then, you're like, uh, oh wait, I, you're like, I got these yeah. skills. I got these skills still. Like I, they were buried, but they're in there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly how it felt. And then, mm-hmm. so you know, eventually, I, I got was hurt again later on in, in my time in Europe, and that was was the end. But but I did feel like in the middle of that, I I, I got back to just the fun of playing again and being a, a reliable player that you know mm-hmm. you can count on and. And, and rather well, than just rehabbing and trying to chase the game a little bit, you know. So. Yeah, whether it's uh, McIlwain or, or Doug Smale or, or these, I've talked to a few guys who went to Europe. Now you played for Jokerit in Finland, and then Swiss League, and then the German League. 
Um, yeah. Everybody has fun. The money's pretty good. It's low. You know, it's not many games. It's it's it's, it's a nice, fun way to 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 make some money and have some good career, right? Like, you know what? Europe is is. Um... It is great. There's lots of guys from home that play there now. The style is much uh, closer to the NHL now than mm-hmm. it's ever been. And the ice is bigger, so it's never going to be the same. But I think that the, the skill level and things at the NHL level in, in, in Europe are much closer now. I think, you know, for for me, it was, you know, just the thing is you play a shortened schedule, but you practice a lot. And really, I, 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 I often see the people, they're all like, oh, you only play 55 games in that league. I'm like, yeah, but you practice yeah. twice as much. Right. Like I, I, you know, I played, I played the last few years outside of the Philly stretch in Nashville where I was in the Western Conference. And, and literally, you, you never practiced. It was just all about getting, getting off the plane, getting some rest, and getting ready for the next game. You know, right, it was right. all really. And, and so, you know, that's the one thing about Europe people don't know is that you're, you're practicing an hour and a half, sometimes twice a day. Jeez, so it was the best right. thing for me, and I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, I'm, 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 not, I'm not getting younger. I don't know how long I can do this. <laughs> but at the time, when you're trying to, you know, sort of reclaim your skill and, yeah. and, and, and try to try to be a valuable player again, you need time to to work on those skills, and you need yeah. practice. And, and so, whereas when you're a, a bit player on a Western Conference team, you're, you know, you're flying around. You're not. You don't have a whole lot of time to to work at things in practice it's it's all about rest and so yep. yeah I, I remember thinking wow this is a lot more than i thought and it's a great experience i, I enjoyed every place i played but we really you can see why you know the, the development model now yeah. for the american league say is more based on what they're doing in europe because you get more rest you're not on the plane and you're not playing three games in three nights and you have time to be in the gym and and practice and develop and and, and look after yourself and that's what you want when your young players are are close to the nhl and mm-hmm. so i feel like that that's sort of the model that you'll see a lot of the NHL teams push on the American League, and I know it's not. You already saw the Western Conference. Uh, yeah, they only the play Western, sixty uh, games or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, yeah, and there's more teams that are looking forward to doing that too, because I think it really it gives them time. It gives kids time to get the rest, get in the gym, you know, get stronger, yeah. you develop faster, rather than than eating pizza and, and sitting on the bus. You know, that's not really how you get better. Yeah. So. Which, well, um, I, I thought I thought Europe was like that a little bit. I was I was actually a little shocked at how much they practiced and skated. It was mm-hmm. good for me. I uh, I've been to Europe a bunch. I go three four times a year for many years for twenty years now. I I couldn't live there. I could not live there. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess if you have, uh, I just the, yeah, it's a lot long story. I, I, I but hey, when you got a buddy there, a couple of friends playing with you, and and you know everything's uh, yeah I, I guess it's different for you but ah oh, man it's tough um yeah it'd be tough i mean we had you know it's easy for me to say because we have sort of this ready made yeah, family that yeah. are already there ready to take care of you right but but we we really liked it, it you know it's funny we <laughs> you know when you go to europe and you, whether you're playing in, in the elite level or i played the second league in switzerland mm-hmm. i mean you're gonna. You're never gonna find an apartment quite like what you're used to, you know. And, yeah, yeah. So my wife and I always joke, like, you know, we we were in Europe with three kids, and yeah, and we they put us in this, you know, 800 square foot apartment and with two bedrooms, and 
Yeah. And we, we, we just made the best of it. You know, like we, we look at it now like, wow, thanks. You know, we're, we're, we're thankful we had that experience because we realized you can live with a whole lot less. Mm-hmm. And I, That's and true, so, right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I tell people that now. They're like, what, what do you mean? You live in a, you live in a two-bedroom apartment with three kids? I'm like, yeah, 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 it was easy. You know, like we, they made it work. And, and so, you know, we, we, we have a we have a nice little home here. It's got four bedrooms and it's, but it's not huge. And it's, and so now we know, like, we might have been that family with the eight thousand square foot house or ten thousand, you know, that that can't pay the bills. You know, like yeah, yeah. we always feel like that was smart for us to have done that and, yeah. and realize how the rest of the world lives. True, true. You know? <laughs> like, and so we 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 like that about it. And and um, but again. Yep. My wife had her own you know, group of wives and girlfriends who were ready to take her in and look after her yeah, and, and help her out. And, the right, kids. Yeah. And, and I got my own teammates ready-made already there to move to Europe and pick up for, yeah. for work or something. would be a different experience, I'm sure. But, I but we're glad we did it, and the cities were all great. You know, we like Germany and Finland, Switzerland, all the same, really. Yeah, I was going to say, which which stop did you enjoy more um, um, out of the out of the three countries? I lived outside of Stuttgart for a little bit. I was miserable. It was winter, but yeah, I didn't have any sort of support thing. I was just yeah. trying to be a mechanic for a racing team. But um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so out of um, Finland, I like, well, Finland. Yeah, Finland. We went to Finland. You know what? Uh, Finland was. It's like playing in Winnipeg. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yep. it's, it's that kind of place. Like it's a, a winter city. And they love hockey. And my wife and I, our daughter was uh, months old. My my oldest, who's going to be thirteen next week. Yikes! Yeah, scary. And <laughs> and we we walked around the city. We lived. We had an apartment in the city, and it was funny. It was one of those apartments where we'd put the stroller into the cage elevator. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Age that closes, you know, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And we 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 all couldn't fit in the in the in the elevator together. <laughs> so the the stroller would go in by itself, and we'd send our daughter, eight months old, all the way up to our apartment on the fourth floor. And my wife and I wait for the elevator to come all the way back down. Jeez, <laughs> panic that she was okay up there by herself, and then we'd squeeze into this little elevator just the two of us. Oh, I know. So That's anyway, a- um, yeah, they people stop you on the street. He's, you know, speak English to you, you know, mm. and Yoker it, Yoker it, good job, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And just, it's a hockey, it's a hockey country. Yep. Right? We loved it. We yep. loved it. The guys are great. What a facility. Like, Yoker was the host for the World Junior. Uh, um, Helsinki was the host for the World Junior this year, and, mm-hmm. and you got to see the arena they play in. And, they, and um, yeah, we, I hurt my knee, and I missed the last half of the year. Otherwise, I would love to have stayed there. Right. You know, and then, so they knew that they weren't going to have me back at the end of the year, and they told me, and so I was free to go elsewhere. But, yeah, Switzerland, we, we lived an entirely different experience. The French part uh, near Lausanne, I played with Martin Gelina there. During oh, the Marty, yeah, what, yeah. A, what a great place, and he yeah. was a fitness nut. And he's exactly what I needed as a teammate mm-hmm. at that point because I had a bad knee injury, and he'd get me out of bed. We practiced at night. So he'd get me up and he'd say, Johnny, we're going down to the gym. We're going to ride the bike. He'd ride the bike for an hour. He do. He was getting ready for the, the, the lockout to break. And so he was a great teammate. He he pushed me to be, you know, fit and mm-hmm. better. And I needed it because I was coming off another injury. And then that sort of progressed into four more years in, in Germany in after Germany, that. Yeah. So you- uh, Hanover and, and Cologne. And that's Cologne's where I played with Mac. We went to the we, Dave Mac win. We went to the, the finals one year. And. And um, McElwain, yeah, um, looking at McElwain's stats, he played there for like ten years after he left the NHL. I had no idea. I'm like, you played till you're like forty. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny when I left Finland. 
and I had I had no contract. I remember mm-hmm. looking around some of the leagues and, and getting some websites and thinking, oh wow, Dave McElwain's still playing, you know, <laughs> right? And, and I, I didn't really know Matt, you know, like, right. and that was four years, five years later before he retired. Yeah. And I remember, I remember, like, I I didn't know Dave, but he he knew Wendell and he knew Dave Allen, and he, we had mutual friends sure, in hockey. Yeah. There, but I never met him, and he's from a little town just north of me. So I thought, oh wow, Dean yeah. McElwain, he's been gone for a while, and he's right. still playing. And yeah. then, you know, Rene Corbet, and you see all these names, and you're like, wow, yeah. got a lot of these guys are over here. So Germany always looked enticing because there was like you know four or five guys on each team that I knew, mm-hmm. Canadian guys, you know. Yeah. And so I thought, well, that'd be cool to get to because you go to Switzerland, and you're not sure sometimes who the imports are going to be. You may not know anybody or have yeah, to speak yeah. the language. <laughs> so anyway, I end up I end up in uh, Hanover. We had a team of like nine Canadians. A um, bunch of guys that I played with, Steve Guala, Marty Murray, Sean Hines, Dan Lambert, uh, Jeff yeah. Finley, Trevor Kidd was our goalie. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, I didn't know that. So, okay, yeah. yeah, so we had, a fun, we had a fun group. And and, um, and then from there, you know, Mac, Dave, really, and, and the coach at the time in Cologne, uh, Doug Mason, uh, kind of recruited me to come come play in, in Cologne. So that's yeah. how that happened. And played my last two years there. It was great. Dave and I retired at the same time. And, and uh, he was... Quite a bit older than me, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but we we enjoyed playing together, and it was a great city. Like Cologne's one of those cities, you know, Germany is, you know, it's yeah. like a, mostly about soccer. But Cologne's yeah. one of those cities um, outside of Bavaria that's a real hockey town. It really is, and they got a great facility, and they got a fifteen thousand seat rink, and yeah. it's a special. You, it's a hockey town. It's a hockey, big hockey town. And you don't have too many of those in Germany. Yeah, no, I went to one game when I was there, like ninety eight, ninety nine, and it was I was impressed with the air horns and everything else. Like they were. They were into yeah. it. Um, you, you uh, looking at your stats? You put up some good numbers, but also uh, Warner, you were a goon. Your penalty minutes were high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Like, no, no. Well, no, they were they were higher for. I mean, thirty four games, one hundred eighty five minutes in penalties. I'm they like, give away, they geez. give away tens for hitting too hard. Over oh, there. do they? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was tough. You know. Yep. Yeah, I had. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, that's not really my thing. But yeah, it, no. You, there, there's a, a bit of a. Yeah, bit of a it's, a it's a different yeah. set of rules. Like right, they, right. part of that, part of that was to um, the obstruction. Like the, the, the new rules that they implemented in the NHL, they, the Germans kind of took on as well. And mm-hmm. so, you know, all, a lot of the older guys that went to Europe at that time were playing like we did in the in the early nineties. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, the trap and grind, grapple and grind and hook and hold and all this stuff. And so they were still allowing that in Europe. Well, all of a sudden, halfway through. I think it was my first year in Hanover. They they started to, to adopt the same rules, and so then they became everything. Like you, you couldn't hit hard, and you, you yeah, had yeah. to be real. You had to be real careful out there. And then right. the referees, you know, you kind of get a reputation. And, yeah, yeah. They're, they're and so I, I had to, I had to, I had to, you know, look over my shoulder and see who was refereeing, and guys would be falling <laughs> out and carrying. I was like, it was like soccer. Right. It was like soccer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so before, that, those numbers aren't really reflective of how I played. How you're played. Just, Tens in my mouth. Before, it was. before we let you go here on the uh, Paul Pocky podcast, Todd Warner from Sportsnet. Um, you mentioned playing with the Sedins and and how good that was, and then you mentioned you know gaining the trust of Pat Quinn and everything else. But what stretch of hockey do you think in your career? You probably put up your best numbers in Tampa. Uh, what stretch of hockey do you think where you were playing at your best? Is there a part that comes to your career where you were like, man, I am, I'm on fire. Like everything's clicking and everything's working for me. Is there something that comes to mind? Well, that was pretty streaky. <laughs> you know, I played, I played a, you know, the stretch 
you know, down the stretch in '99 when when I when I played center in Toronto with mm-hmm. Pat Quinn. I played mostly with Mike Johnson and Derek King that year. That that's a year I look at like a, a three month period where I played pretty well. Um there was a stretch at the end of my first season in Tampa where I think I scored eight goals in fifteen games or something. Mm-hmm. And that uh, but really probably in Vancouver, like I, I think about the time you know, I went to the minor, I got traded to Vancouver over Christmas and I went to play in Winnipeg for the Moose. Yep. And I loved it. And yeah. it really it was really again like I'd been in Phoenix, and I was, you know, in and out of the lineup. I, did, I was, my, I think, I averaged five minutes a game for 18 games I played in the fall. <laughs> yeah. So I really needed to play, and I, and again, you know, I'd been hurt the year before when I was in Tampa, and I was trying to get, you know, so I went, to, I went down, and Stan Smeal was coaching the Moose at the time, and, yeah, that's right. and I played half the game for a month, and it was awesome. <laughs> and so then when I, when I got called up, I got called up to Vancouver. I was ready to play. I was in shape and ready to play and mm-hmm. take on a more bigger role. So that was the year that we, the Vancouver, we we had to play. I think we played 750 or 800 hockey just to make the eighth spot in the West, and only to get the Detroit Red Wings in the first round. So, yeah. but we went into Detroit. We beat them the first two games. First two games, in Detroit, yeah. and then, and then a... we came back, and, and then it was a blow up from there. But that stretch in that fall, in that, yeah, yeah, I played well, and then or in that spring, and then the next fall, I think I maybe played the best hockey, best fifty game stretch of my career, and then I got hurt again. <laughs> so, and, uh, and that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the end, really. So, right, but right. yeah, I, okay. I think I was older. You know, I was I was I was stronger at that point. I mean, I probably had better numbers during the so the other stretches in Toronto and Tampa, but, but I feel yeah. like I was ready to to be. A, yeah, a good player, and and then I got hurt. You know, yeah, so that hurts. Um, yeah, and and yeah, so yeah, that was a series where Cloutier let that goal in, and fans were all over him and all that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, two nothing yeah. late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what uh, does anybody ever told you how, how good you were as a video game hockey player? <laughs> no, were, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you were good, man. Like, like I remember, like you were fast and and uh, and yeah. So I don't know if I ever ever. You're one of those guys when you were a kid and you play these games. You're like Warner's really good in this game. I'm putting him on. I'm playing with Dougie. I'm putting him up with Gilmore. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You should have called. You should have called Pat Bird. I know. The same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's right. Hey Pat, put him on there. Um, Pat didn't suffer Ooh. a lot of fools. Pat would seem like a very uh, angry man oh, yeah. a lot of the time. Ah, uh, yeah, he. He was tough. I, I I liked him. I mean, he he was hard on me, and yeah. I. But I again, I I, I needed it. I, I look at it now, like you know, thank God he he told me that, or thank God he you know made sure I did this, yeah. made sure I did that. And, he, and Mike Kitchen was sort of like his, uh, his yeah. guinea pig. A lot of times would send messages through Mike, but Mike was fair and honest with me. He's like, hey, this yeah. Pat told me this, or so. Yeah, I mean, I, he was he wasn't big on having the having he liked his veteran team. Yeah, he yeah. wanted you yeah. know guys. So, so it took some time, and I kept my head down and just kept working, and that's all I knew to do. And 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 so eventually he gave in. And it's like I heard the other <laughs> night Steve Ott. They, they said, "Why would you put Steve?" They said to me, "It's a." To Hitchcock, why yeah. would you put Steve Ott in? He hasn't played since December, and, and Steve Ott said he broke me down. 
It's <laughs> a good point, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so Steve Ott was in Hitch's ear every every day for the last three months. Yeah, just getting on him. him. Right. So I was the same way. I just kept coming, and mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was going to do whatever I could, and, and eventually he had to play me, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, uh, thank you, Todd Warner, for uh, for doing the podcast. Kept you a little longer than I thought, so uh, but that's awesome. That's right. uh, a nice career. Four hundred and fifty three games played in the NHL. Uh, a silver medal from the Olympics. Uh, some European playing time. I think too isn't the NHL pension 450 games so you just got it by 453 well fully like a full uh, share is uh, 400 Oh, okay. I thought so it was 450. I did, I did yeah. really just get it. Yeah, oh, nice. So. Um, and uh, and are you on Sportsnet talking about junior hockey a lot? And uh, you're on some podcasts with Jeff Merrick. And uh, yeah, so people can uh, can find out more about you. Thank you uh, for taking the time for doing this, man. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, buddy. Enjoyed it. All right, thank you.